It's pop, by the way. Actually, I'm fairly certain it's Coke. I'm fairly certain you're a bitch! <laughs> nice. Sam wins that one. I'm fairly certain. Anyway, <laughs> are we? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anime Summit Podcast, where our opinions matter and everybody else's don't. Anyways, I'm Mac, and with me, I've got some... Hello, bitches. And then I've got some dumbass dick boner Nick. Ooh-wee! Who's just going to die. I guess he's going to use the soundboard. And then, uh, I don't know, some, some faggot crawled out of the woodwork and joined us. His name happens to be Quoka. Hi, guys. I'm, I'm back. That was no, a terrible intro for Quoka. Him. Don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends I mean, have stopped listening. I mean, he did sales. crawl out of the woodwork. I mean, he did. Just like Arietti. I mean, I'm not. I'm reporting I wasn't, wasn't going to hype him from... up. Quoka, really quick. Yeah. Glad you're back, handsome. What did you do today in Korea? Real quick. What did I do? I, 20 minutes or less. Uh, <laughs> I woke up. I made some ramen <laughs> and drank some some orange, orange china and uh, watched Animu. Wait, what time is it Somebody's there? echoing. Nobody's echoing. Am I, am I getting feedback to myself? You probably you might, are. You might probably. be. Wait, what time is it in Korea? It is tree fitting. 1 p.m. It is about tree fitting. There's a lot of sound okay. bleeding over from your track, Quoka. I hate you. That's why I wasn't talking. I was hoping you were just going to go do something else while there was noise. <sighs> and uh, instead of listening to me. Oh, Quoka's I'm make doing the, I'm, shit. You know, You've been here five minutes and you're just fucking everything up. You're fucking around. He is. Oh, he yeah. is. God Damn it! Hey, I don't have my nice setup. I don't have my pop filters. I don't have. My oh, that's not pop filter. Mouse. That's seed over from pop somebody filter. in the background. Yeah, yeah, well, that's cool just because there's just somebody else. In the Honestly, every time <laughs> I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. <laughs> so there might be later. I guess we might do a little talk where I just talk about life in Korea and stuff. But I am in Seoul, Seoul, South Korea. Your soul in is in Bay. soul. No, and his uh, soul is it, in his dick, fun. which is in soul, because he's a sex pat. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> little inside oh discord joke. <laughs> anyway, we should move on oh, to shit. news. Do you have any other questions about Korea first? Before we oh, move yeah. On? What's your favorite kimchi? Small, simple things. <laughs> uh, kimchi. Kimchi is my favorite kimchi. Oh, good. Hmm. Yeah. It is the the pride of all Korea. Have you found Have you found any nice tight stomach lolis? Lolis. Have you found? Uh, not actual lolis. Tight stomachs, yes. Fucking tight stomachs. Quoka doesn't need a washing machine because he uses tight stomached lolis. Washing. Yep. Yep. Oh my God! So today on the show we are doing Ghibli part. Whatever. What part Eight. is it? Six, I think. It's We're doing Ghibli. it's the second to last. It's the second Gib- to last. It's giblets part whatever. Who gives a damn? So <laughs> part X plus one. So today we will be covering 2010's 
Arietti, 2011's From Up on a Poppy Hill, you mean 2013's you a The Wind Rises, and um, The Secret Life of Arietti. So let's, so let's let's Higurashi no Arietti. Let's get into the news. All right, news <laughs> we got. So there's a new Studio Ghibli president. Um, kind of exciting. There's not. This is a little bit of a slow news week, but former Ghibli museum director. Kiyofumi Nakajima was appointed as the president of Studio Ghibli on Tuesday, and th- we're recording this on Wednesday, November 29th, so that's our point of reference. And basically, this guy is going to be new president. Miyazaki is making his final film, which will be done in roughly three or four years. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. He may pull a Brett Favre and come back again. He's done it already. He's done that before already. I know. That's what I'm saying. He may pull a Brett Favre and come back yeah. again. Final film. I mean, what about his third final film? Uh, yeah, I don't know. His dude. final fantasy, if you will. This will not be the last Ghibli movie in parentheses. It won't be the last Ghibli, but it'll be the last. But yeah, Miyazaki the uh, the new president was the former chairperson of ultra disney japan and he joined Di- Di- uh, ghibli in 2008 so he's got disney experience ghibli mm. uh, you know ghibli. they're gonna be doing some more shit they're gonna they're gonna run until they drop that's ghibli so i like that's it pretty much the news for that i like it and what we got after that is spice and wolf manga ends december 27th we talked about spice and wolf the other week and it is a very popular manga, well, light novel slash manga slash anime that everyone should watch, including Sam, who hasn't <laughs> including Sam two yet. Because Spice and Wolf <laughs> is the best. Eh. <clears throat> I don't know. How does Sam not? This is baffling that Sam doesn't like Spice and Wolf. I would agree. It with has this. furries. This <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's rather superficial. Maybe, maybe she's not furry enough. I think that's the problem. She's not a bear. Yeah, she needs to be a bear. She needs Polo She needs to be a bear best, that's in a village and looks after a girl named Machi. Not enough mindfuck, if you ask me. Done. <laughs> Dunyans. I'm Dunyans. And her name needs to be Natsu. Natsu's Book of Friends. Natsu means summer. No, it does not, Sue. Ha, 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 ha. All right, uh, moving on Shut to the next the piece of news before I drive this podcast into the dirt. <laughs> uh, My Hero Academia oh, Season 3 is going to premiere in spring 2018. That's kind of following the I need to watch it's, that shit. It's got one season every year, which is a good way to do a shonen instead of doing like the – like Dragon Ball Super does it differently. They kind of do it every – is it every two weeks or every week? Something like that. Sam knows, right? I heard the first half of season yes. two of Boku no Hero was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Season two was great. It had a tournament arc. It had the, uh, what was it, Stain, the like anti-villain guy. It was great. So if you haven't seen My Hero Academia, check it out. Season three is coming out. It's fucking awesome. Great animation by Studio Bones. Bones. And then, bones. speaking of great and animation, then he knew the bones were broken. Made he in knew Abyss the bones were broken. is getting a sequel. And we don't know for sure if it's a direct TV sequel. anime or if it's like a movie or OAV, but it's a sequel, so that's a happening. A direct sequel? I believe so, yes. 
sequel. Direct what do you mean? Sequel? What do you mean by direct sequel? Like, like a TV? it's a continuation of the same story as opposed to another story that takes place in the same world. Well, that would be a side story then. No, they still could call it a sequel. Well, the announcement says it is a sequel, and we don't have really further details at this point, but Okey yeah, dokey. very great anime that aired on Anime Strike, so perhaps that affected its popularity, but probably one of the best anime of last season. Well, most people would say it's the best of last season. If you haven't seen that, check it out. And that's mostly it for the news this week, a little bit of a slow week. But I yeah. have news. Oh, Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to... Like, like fucking say it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to be in a Korean movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told, you told oh, us shit. that. Oh, shit. Yeah, I have... Actually, shortly after this podcast, I have to go take a bus, like, two hours to the east side of Korea because uh, we're doing filming tomorrow. I can't wait to watch I'm it. just an extra. It's going to be like this. Like, you're just going to be in there for a second. <laughs> I'm just an extra, but it's the start of what could it's be the start of my career. Korean film career. Are you the next uh, thing? Next thing we know, we're going to get a message boy? from Korea that he's a new up-and-coming star, and he's surrounded by all the tight stomachs he could ever want. Like a <laughs> fucking um, what? Like the, Conan O'Brien. He's decent. He had a small part in that one show. That matchmaking show. Yeah, so they're like paying for food and accommodation over there. Yeah, it's legit. And I get paid like two hundred bucks to basically sit around most of the day, and then and then be in the get dressed up for filming yeah. a little bit. So where where is the part where you gotta get groped by the director? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually as we know ago, in Hollywood. That was actually <laughs> last <laughs> Tuesday. Weinstein is uh, <laughs> he moved to Korea now. He's an expat. He's a he's a real sexpat. So. Yeah, dude, fuck that dude. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, a lot of yeah, people did, I so. Think <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, shit. I think I'm gonna. <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. Oh, boy, that was dark. All right. <laughs> and then when I think I get, when I get back to Seoul, I'm going to meet up with the girl I've been seeing for a little bit, and, then, you know, I think we're going to make it official. So what you're telling me is, is you're going to stick your dick inside her. Jesus Christ, you I'm guys. Who oh knows? That might, that's not the specific part that I'm talking about. That would probably happen. I mean, you said it was going to be official. At some point. What is with all this fuckboy talk? Okay, <laughs> shut up. Move on. Yeah, the relationship official. God. In other news, so Nick is still getting ghosted it. on Tinder, so <laughs> all is yeah. normal on the Nick, Nick front. Is. I wonder why. Any, any single ladies hey, I'm that not like bad up. names they can out just there, sense, uh, they can sense through the. <laughs> they can sense through the nether world that I'm, the internet that I'm, that I suck. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. We got Waifu of the Week, my only solace in this cold, cold world. I we picked chose, it. Well, Quokka picked it. Arietti. Are you yeah. a Yeti? She's the smallest. From Arietti or the borrower Arietti, the film that we're going to be talking about, Foist. It's not the borrower. Well, yeah. She's a borrower. You got to pronounce it borrower. How do you think Danny borrower. would pronounce it? Would she pronounce it cinematography? Okay, does this bother really, okay, really quick. <laughs> yeah, cinematography. Shout out to that that Danny. She's never gonna live that down. Okay, does this does this bother anybody that I do this? Okay, real talk. I always yes. say okay, so like let's say I'm lending Nick a DVD or an anime or a movie or a book or whatever. Thanks. I always tell That's people, Oh yeah, I borrowed it to Nick. 
That's close enough. People people get mad at me for that. They're like, it's not you lent it to him. He borrowed it. And it's like, why does it matter? Like, you know what I mean? mean, To be fair, if you said that around me, I'd have been like, the fuck did you just say? Man, shut up. Okay, fuck you. Moving on. Y'all stupid. It's pop, by the way. Actually, I'm fairly certain it's coke. I'm fairly certain you're a bitch. Nice. Sam wins that one. I'm fairly certain. Anyway, REAs. <laughs> you guys, I'm going home. So, so anyway. Uh, as we know, Arietti is the ultimate lolly because she's fucking tiny. Jesus Christ, And that's why Quoka picked her, dude. with you? God. Shut <laughs> the fuck. I mean, it's been a while since we could Quoka, really dish like, out these lolly jokes. So, I mean. <laughs> we've that's, seen, true. Uh, that's true. You guys, have, you guys have all seen Deadpool, right, where he gets the baby hand? <laughs> And he's like, it feels so big in my baby. He's like, he's like, I bet it feels big in this hand. That's what. Uh, just imagine Arietti, you know. So who wants to talk about this one? <laughs> so we're starting the main topic, Arietti, the first of the three Ghibli. So this films. was 2010. It was uh, directed by uh, Hiromasa Yonebayashi and screenwritten by Miyazaki and Keiko Niwa. And Toshio Suzuki, once again, is the producer. So, who wants to, who wants to, who wants to, who wants to, who wants to talk about this one? Penis. Well, uh, I can give, like, a real basic summary. Yeah, no, the basic is, uh, It's pretty much, this one is the simplest of the three films as far as the plot. The, basically what happens is Arietti lives with her family. They're a bunch of very, very tiny people. Lilliputians, like Gulliver's Travel style. I know this is based... What, Sam, what is this based off of? It is based off the children's fantasy novel The Borrowers by Mary Norton, who is an English author. Is that based off of Gulliver's Travels? I don't know. Either way, no. I'm sure they borrowed from each other. I'm sure they're... I sh- I'm sure one of them took from the other. In any case, um, so Arietti's family is living next to this house where a sick boy finds Arietti and they you know he his his uh mother's caretaker lady she finds she finds uh the the family as well and they they figure out that they have to move and that's the whole point is like they're trying to survive in this world as borrowers they're little tiny people that borrow things that the giant people aren't going to miss and they're just basically trying to survive and that's pretty much the movie and well there, there's a bu- there's a bunch of like minor themes going throughout it as well, but that's the basic plot. And eventually, at the end of the movie, they do have to move. So the and really quick too, the whole thing about being a borrower, the borrowers, is they they they're really tiny people and they live in the walls of this house, and they oh yeah yeah when they're they hiding. need something from the house, they go and borrow it, but then they go put it back. So that's like the whole thing. Except for the uh, like the dollhouse, like tea kettles and stuff, yeah. That the that Arietti's mother steals. Yeah. She hoards. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, what did you guys think? What were your impressions of Arietti? Um, I just really want to quickly say, like, out of the three, this was the one that I was the most excited for. Because I love the Borrowers. Because I I remember watching like the nineteen ninety seven film with John Goodman. And uh, Tom Felton, by the way, when he was a kid. Um, and I, I thought that movie was great. So I thought, like, oh, cool, this is another adaptation of something that I thought was cool as a kid. And it kind of was, like, it was okay. It was kind of, like... 
There wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say the biggest theme for me was the boy being sick and like he had a heart condition, and he didn't. He wasn't sure if he was gonna make it. You know. Yeah, that he had to have deep. surgery later on. Yeah, that that was pretty. That was actually kind of sad, and that that was my favorite part of the movie. But um, and then like he's, I forgot what his like what he was saying to Arietti, but um. Basically, they're, like, wishing each other well, and, like, you know, she gives him a token, you know, her, her hair clip mm-hmm. to remember him by, and, like, I think, does he, we don't actually know that he, like, survives the surgery, but it's not really, it's kind of a mystery, but um, that was, like, the big theme. Other than that, it's, like, them just surviving, so. It, well, no, because the thing about the Disney version, the dub version, is that it contains a final monologue that's not in the other versions. And, oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so he he did. But um, it was dubbed twice. It was dubbed in the UK by Studio Canal in 2011 and Disney that's in That's the Disney version, though. Disney always, like, sugarcoats everything, you know? Like, they took The Little Mermaid and made it, like, a happy right. ending. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> Stuff but, like that, so. But uh, Tom Holland actually did show in the UK version, which is kind of cool. Um but uh, yeah, no, I I don't know. It just like I think I agree with Nick. That was probably where I was like, oh man, this should have been like a bigger part of it, you know? Like I don't know. I kind of wish that there was more of a threat. I think. Well, also like the old what Hara, like her motivations not explained. It's just like nonsensical. The old lady who, yeah. who traps Hard. the Ariane like she was made mom. a villain for the sake of having a villain. Yeah. Well, she was trying to prove that little people were living in the walls because she always very good always finding things. Yeah, missing. but there's still kind of a thing. It's like why would you bring pest control involved in that motivation, and why would you like want to capture them in that kind of a way to prove that she's not crazy. <laughs> I mean that was By pretty much being it. crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then they escaped. And then she looked even more crazy. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, the I mean, Mac, so did you, cool. do you have like, any this thoughts? This is so on interesting. I yeah, I really like the animation. It was it was neat to watch. Like, you know, her picking up the sugar cube with the ants on it and like brushing everything off, and they're like traveling around the house. Yeah, she just like, like I a wanted leaf to protect her from the rain and all that, and that was neat. That was yeah, neat. through the whole time, I was just like, I want to see more of like how they do things. Like, I just want to see more of their life. Yeah, like that was, that was that that's a big part of it too. Like, I wanted to see more of their how they operate in the house and how they borrow some more stuff. And it's like, I don't know. It it almost kind of felt like in that sense, it was a little all over the place. It was. It became boring because of it. It was just like I don't know if I want to watch this. Song, you know? I don't know if I want to watch it. Yeah, it's like the world was cool. Actual story, uh, really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So I really wanted to yeah. like it, but I don't know. Because I'm a fan of the more like, um, uh, uh, children, like the ones that are the the Ghibli movies that are geared more towards younger. Uh, audiences, I I'm a fan of those. I'm a big fan of those. I'm Towards a big those Disney wee fan. babes. I'm a big Disney oh, fan. Oh, I think I so made like... notes on this one. Um, so yeah, the as far as the borrowers go, I guess the other theme is that they're kind of a dwindling population, and 
they're kind of a little bit isolated from each other. They don't really know what's going on. And I guess that kind of, to me, that mirrors Japan. Japan's population is very old right now, and there's not enough kids. And maybe Arietti is kind of like a metaphor for that. But that's that's looking a little deep on it. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. I would take um, it more as in line with other Miyazaki films that have to do with like the destruction of nature caused by human development. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what that happened it was more taking an animal that, de- that has learned to depend on humans in a certain way, but then killing them off through development. Kind of like Pompoco, I guess, but just having them as a human that's small as opposed to an animal. So it makes them less other. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That, because that uh, makes what way more sense than your stupid theory. The borrowers. <laughs> hey, my theory is, it's a stretch, <laughs> but it still works. But it, it makes sense because like they they took too much, like they got noticed, mm-hmm. and they made an like they made themselves inconvenient to the humans. So they they you know the humans tried started to get rid of them, and yeah, yeah. But actually, one thing I liked about the movie was the CG. It, it was kind of this slow motion movement. Whenever the whenever you're in the perspective of the uh, borrowers, the large people always moved in slow motion. I thought that was really cool. Kind of like Attack on Titan. You guys notice that? I want to see the borrowers wearing 3D maneuver gear, and then just slicing <laughs> yeah. the throat of like some random human. <laughs> what? In. What was weird is when he like <laughs> went into the house to put in the the new kitchen. He like didn't. He could see the mother, but just didn't say anything to her. Yeah, yeah like well, why didn't you know, he just? <laughs> yeah, like, why didn't he approach her? Like, be like, hey, um, here's a here's a new kitchen. Do you want this? Because new he kitchen? knew that she was worst girl. Mama, yeah. a <laughs> man. That's. I would say my biggest complaint though with the movie is the mother. She was too materialistic to me, and it was like. Just kind of gross, you know. I know she's just trying to survive and all that, but it's like, man, you know, you know, you're hoarding these doll pieces and you're always like panicking and like, what has she got going on, right? Right. She just seemed kind of greedy. Well, to I me. think she and probably just like, was like that because, you know, borrowing is like their whole thing, you know, and she probably, yeah. I don't know. But Arietti really, and the, I don't, I don't and really her father and, and all them had had s- some other facets to them, and the mm. mother was just like, just like this gathering pack rat lady, and sure. it was like ah, I just, I just didn't like her as a character. Yeah, but she felt very one dimensional. I will say that, like Quoka said, I do like the the environment and the world, and I do like the character designs, and I thought Arietti was super cute with her hair clip. That was actually just like a clip, clip, you know. Yeah, one giant clip. Yeah, I know. Make those real super life. I want it. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I I put it kind of on the lower end of my overall list here. I think. Yeah, and we can get to that later, like where we're ranking these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just in the in the pantheon. I was just concluding you know, my. It could my have thought. been cool as a TV show similar to Made in Abyss. Oh yeah. yeah, that would've been neat. And like, someone steps on Arietti and just squishes her. The fuck is your problem? Where? I don't know. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! Nobody knows oh, what Nick's problem uh, is. He hates women. Intrusive Some thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. That's true. <laughs> intrusive thoughts. T H O T S. That's thoughts, what Arietti yeah. is. She's an intrusive thought. All right. Um, 
So yeah, Arietti. It's it was okay. Next movie from Up on Poppy Hill, and this was 2011, 2012. 2011. So this does anybody want uh, to introduce from Up on Poppy Hill? 2011. Um, I guess I can. Uh, uh, from Up on uh, Poppy uh, Hill was this is the second and last one so far. I don't know if he Goro Miyazaki is not really big on making these films. Um, but this was the second one he did that he directed. His father, along with Keiko Niwa, also wrote the screenplay. Uh, Toshio Suzuki was the producer again. And uh, From Up on a Poppy Hill was based on a Japanese comic uh, of the same name. Or I think the original version was called From Coquilacot Hill or whatever. It's a shade of red. I don't know. Kaka Hill. Kaka. 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 Carrot cake? Yeah. Kaka. Carrot cake. Kaka, faggot. Oh no! Who are you supposed to be? Carrot cake. Um. So shout out to Dragon's Ball P. I'd forgotten about that. Holy shit! That came out almost the same year as this. It's set in 1963, Yokohama, Japan. And it tells the story of Umi Matsuzaki. Yokohama. Um, she's like a high school girl living in a boarding house called Kolkakot Manor. And um, let's just not say that. Yeah, Kolkakot Manor. Um, and then she meets a dude named Shun, who is like in the newspaper club, and they decide to clean He's up so the clubhouse handsome. and some other shit. Um. And then it, it becomes that kind of typical archetype of there's somebody who wants to demolish the building for redeveloping something else, greedy bastards, and blah, 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 blah. There's a problem yeah, they, thing the involved. Students, the students are trying to save a historic building. Well, they're trying to save their clubhouse. Yeah. It's their clubhouse, but it's also like preserving history. And they, you know, they they had a little speech in the movie where they're like, "We can't forget about history, otherwise, yeah, we're screwed." Yeah, um, that's not and, what and the reason that why like the reason why she's idea. in the boarding house too is because her mom's in America. By the yeah, way, under- yes, and her dad. I understand is like the dead. The tone of the film is about like preserving some tradition and stuff in the face of modernization, especially following, you know, which. The- I 100 percent can get in behind. the Korean War. Like I agree, but I w- still kind of always comes across like in those situations that the like the kids in the clubhouse they were more just trying to save a place that they felt was theirs, and then maybe latched on to historical value as a well, yeah, but that's how you means do it. of you convincing gotta... others, and not necessarily something that they had cared about first. You got to spin it in a way that helps <laughs> you. They're learning how to be adults. Politicians. That's why the guy let him do it because he's he saw that they were, you know, they're doing being productive. You know, the uh, the president of the company that was about to demolish it. But yeah, from up on Poppy Hill, and then there's also like this romance in the in the story, and it's between the the main girl, it's the main an guy. Incest story, but it's technically not. It's like Sword Art Online incest, so it's okay. 
Isn't it the reverse of Sword Art Online incest? I actually don't remember. Well, in Sword Art Online, weren't they like not brother they and were sister? Not blood related. Yeah, so these people aren't either. Umi and Shun are not technically. Shun was like adopted because like this is this takes place after uh, World War Two. After World the II. Korean War. Or the Korean War. Sorry. So after after a war and in the lead up to the 1964 Yokohama Summer Olympics. Oh yeah, that's right. The Olympics, like, the, and Japan is trying to like modernize and get all nice and spiffy and like, you know. So there's well, orphans I, all over I, I from did, the war. I Shun didn't finish it. Did they find out that they weren't actually blood related? Yeah, correct. So Shun had been adopted. So they by, first thought that they were, and then yep. they found out they weren't. Yeah, and there's like this. You know, it's it's like the typical Ghibli thing. Like, that's just hurry like, up, run! We gotta oh, find it's a out. whirlwind of emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like your I love name, you. Coca. No, right? I can't it's so love much you. Better. We can love each other again. <laughs> You're my sister. You're my sister. Well, what? I liked how they Call were me like. <laughs> I liked how they were in love, God. even when they thought they were brother and sister. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I like, yeah. like, what do we oh. do now? Like, well, we need to stop <laughs> feeling the way that we feel. <laughs> and then she's like, no, we're gonna make, we're gonna make retard babies, <laughs> and you're gonna like it. <laughs> oh my God, Nick, that is not how genetics works. Well, enough generations and it'll happen. But anyway, um, I like this movie. I liked it a lot better than Arietti. It wasn't the best Ghibli movie, but like I definitely as far it as more than it was, it just had a it had a nice flow to it. It was an hour and a half, not too long. Arietti was only an hour and a half, but it felt longer. Um, mm-hmm. And there was like you know this nice sense of progression because the kids are building their clubhouse, they're learning about their family history. Umi is like she's the main girl. She's like taking care of her family because her mother's away and her dad's dead, and like you know she's joins a newspaper club with Shun, and it's like they're they're trying to like save the clubhouse and that's you know they eventually do it and like they they do stuff you know things happen in a progressive manner and i liked that so yeah and it also had good soundtrack i liked i enjoyed that nice nice so yeah mac any thoughts on this one mm. did you only watch the wind rises or uh no i liked the flags um I liked it. I liked it okay. I liked it okay. I mean, nothing really specific about it. It was just another giblets movie to me. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, pretty as, good. as many you know, of these, as many of these as <laughs> I've been watching for this, they all just kind of. Yep, that's Ghibli. Yep, that's. that's I think Ghibli. I said this. I think I said this in the last Ghibli episode. After like Howl's Moving Castle is when these films kind of start going like. Well, there's there's exceptions though because. Remember, we watched When Marnie Was There, and we both really liked that one. That was really good. Yes. And yes. then uh, yeah, okay. Princess Kaguya is another Takahata film, and that one's supposed to be, like, really, really good. That so one I have not seen, so I'm excited for that one. And then The Wind Rises. I like The Wind Rises, but we'll get to that one. Anyway. Um, oh, so and Poppy Hill had a weird English cast. They had, like, It did. They had Aubrey Anton Plaza. Yelchin, Isabel Furman. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Oh, it was Aubrey Plaza? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I changed halfway through. I watched half dub, half sub. I I like the sub a bit better just because Aubrey Plaza's voice didn't quite match, in my opinion. It was okay. I don't know. Half jub, half sub. Bo Bridges. Where does it say, wait, where does it say Aubrey Plaza? She played. She was right in the opening credits. Sachiko. Yeah. Oh, she was the other character. Okay, never mind. That was fine then. 
Um, the Emily, main girl, Emily Osment, actress Sarah. The main Bolger. girl was played by Sarah Bolger or Sarah Bolger. Bolger, I hardly even know they, her. They very oh much typecast God. Aubrey Plaza I'm into sorry. the exact same character she always is. Yeah, the uh, the Couture. She the could play kind of Ray slightly. Ayanami. <laughs> no, she's not more not necessarily like that. She has personality, but she's, she's normally played as like an outsider. Yeah, didn't didn't Aubrey Plaza have a stroke and then it like changed her face? I don't know. Anyway, That's what I heard. Um, also, <laughs> did anyone anyway. think it was kind of weird that um, Umi's little siblings were named Riku and Sora, like from Kingdom Hearts? Did anyone else think that was weird? Anyways, uh, no, dude, I don't play. <laughs> I don't play bad video games. So. Anyway, Riku is voiced <laughs> yeah, by Alice Wolf, <laughs> who plays Light Turner in the Netflix Death Note. By the way, there you go. Light Turner. Light Turner. Light Turner. It means. Yeah. It means this god of death. The god of death. It means light, <laughs> or it means killer. I don't know. So, more thoughts on Poppy Hill. Potato chip. <laughs> I, dude, you know what? Before we I, trail thought, off I didn't think nothingness. this one was, I don't know. I didn't really. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, th- this was like a little bit better than Arietti, right? Actually, I enjoyed <laughs> this one a lot more than Arietti, but me. it wasn't actually that much better. You know, I just didn't, you know, it was fine. It was all right. It's like a f- uh, 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. That is exactly what it I was trying to Arietti, say. I gave Arietti like a five. And you said anyway, it like, I was going to say it. So, yes. That. <laughs> yeah, with my stumbling, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, like, yeah, like, I don't, but I know what you mean. Like, it was, there was something to watch as opposed to Arietti where it was just like, she, yeah. like, at the beginning of it, she's going on her first borrower mission and then some shit happens and then it kind of trails this way and that way. And I don't know. Man, the more I think about it, the less I like Arietti. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Holy shit. Are you no, a yeti? <laughs> It was saved, though, by, like, the one scene Excuse of the me. boy. So, <clears throat> if anything, watch that scene of Arietti and then whatever. Poppy Hill, though, yeah, we, we liked it. I think we got most of our thoughts out. Any any final comments on this one, guys? Um, I also love the environment and design in this one. Also, Goro Miyazaki, if your heart's not in it, dude, just stop. <laughs> like, just don't do it. <laughs> just Well, we do don't know it. the... Yeah, he he did Earthsea as well, and like apparently there was some production troubles with that one. Or well, something. no, that's what I'm saying because because if you watch the documentary in the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, oh, we'll we'll talk about that. On yeah, the next. he when you just see him in that movie, you're just like, okay, calm down. Anyway, moving on, moving right along, moving right along. Moving so the last along. film for today is The Wind Rises. This is probably the best one. Well, I would say it is the best one, yes. Of the three, by far, not close. Um, that's it's still not the best Julie movie, but it's it's it was pretty good. It was watchable. It had good themes. This was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki himself, and it was said to be that's his why it's la- better. <laughs> it was said to be his last film before he until now. before yeah, he pulled a Brett Favre, and also produced by Toshio Suzuki. And this came out in 2013. Excuse me. <clears throat> but, yeah. And the I, what I liked is the subtitle had Hideaki Anno as Jiro. Evangeline Man. Evangeline Man. Yeah, Evangeline Man. <laughs> it's funny because, like, this is one of those cases where the Japanese sub, it's like, even I can tell it doesn't sound right. I'm like, he sounds way too old. <laughs> it did sound a little odd. 
I was like, why is this like twenty year old sound like he's sixty? <laughs> I mean, but he is point. also he is in the do- that documentary because that documentary. And yeah, yeah. Take, well, they're friends. Yeah, it takes place um, when they're making the wind rises in the tale of Princess Kaguya, and it was funny because Hayao Miyazaki like calls him and like, hey, you should come do this. He's like, I. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I'm too busy <laughs> jerking it to hentai. Right but yeah, now. we'll talk about that later. But yeah. <laughs> It had some good. It had a good dub as well. I actually like the dub a lot more. Um, it had Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Juro, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Martin Short, William H Macy, Mai Whitman, bunch of people. Jennifer Grey, like what? The girl from it Dirty had Dancing. Sasha Grey. It had a lot of people in it. Stanley Tucci. Come on. Elijah Wood was like in it for a little bit. Wait, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Right. And then uh, Darren Chris from Glee. So, oh, he, he probably so had before like you before you guys anyway. get your dicks too hard from who was in this uh, movie, I'm already hard. Probably talk about what this movie is about for people who haven't okay, seen Matt, it. Okay, man, go for it. Oh, yeah, I go for it. You're the one who hasn't been talking this whole time. Guy, he's a fucking bitch. I mean, it's about I, airplanes. I figured, I figured I'd give more room for Quoka to talk because you know he hasn't been here and he's a little bitch. Yeah, but that, I don't. I don't know what I don't know what anime is anymore. I mean, what is? I don't anime? know what anime is I mean, anymore. Is is Shelter even anime? We don't know. We still don't know. Um, it is anime. And Quoka's <laughs> sex crazed orgies. And yes, with, with, in Korea, um, foreigners. So, you know, going back to the his, topic. His true path. Um, the wind rises. Okay. This basically is the story of Jiro Horikoshi. Hiro Horikoshi. God, that word gives me problems. Horikoshi? Is that how you say that? I'm just going to roll with it. I'm just going to call him Jiro. So, yeah, Jiro. Jiro is um he is basically the genius behind designing ultimately the uh Mitsubishi Zero that was used in World War II. And this anime kind of follows just Briefly, him as a young boy and him growing up and him kind of going through um, his life and what he sees and just him coming up with different aircraft designs that ultimately lead to the Mitsubishi A6M Zero. And, uh, yeah, it also shows a little bit of romance in there, you know, just all sorts of things. And it, it has this really dreamy vibe, but it gets kind of a little bit more serious. Actually, not kind of. It does get more serious because he falls in love with uh, with a person that unfortunately contracts tuberculosis and dies. And that makes me sad. I mean, come on. Come on. That's, that's the old so sick sad. girl trope. That, dying girl that trope. Is, that is so sad, though, man. I mean, oh. Yep, and she was the same girl that he saved during the Tokyo fires as well. Because, like, it, basically the movie goes through Jiro's whole life. I was hoping people like, would be able to put boy. that together. I saw I saw, I saw, saw her yeah. later in the movie, you know, grown well, up said more. Directly grown up more, and I was <laughs> like, oh, that's who that is. And then, like, to be fair, four or five minutes later, oh, you're that person. Well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. I mean, who like, else? Fair, I mean, come on. Think of the plot. Who the else same. would be here? Who else would be here? Think of the she plot. Has, she has the Ghibli face. She has, <laughs> she the, has main the character. Ghibli face. <laughs> Spot the main character. Oh, my God. So, this movie, uh, I would say it's it's definitely the best of all three of these movies. Definitely, by a long shot. Yeah, it had Miyazaki, one of the 
two best it had it had evangeline man as the main character he was doing the voice for it and it it was really weird because he's supposed to be like like a late teenager early 20s and he sounds like this (laughs) this fucking gruff like 40 year old man in the japanese dub and i was like uh uh uh, okay i guess this is how this is gonna go um that's kind of one of my gripes but my biggest gripe the dub is fine my biggest gripe about this at least for the sub version I don't know how the sound production <coughs> was done in the dub version, but the fact that they never used actual engine sounds in the, in the movie really, really, really ground my gears in the wrong way. I did not like that whatsoever. I'm like, come on, at least, at least, yeah. Well, at least give me the, the sound of a radial engine firing up because radial engines are awesome. Um, also, there was other move uh, moments in this movie. That um, it's it's almost like the sound mixing was off. I mean, things that should have been silent and barely noticeable were like really loud and pronounced, and I couldn't really see it what as is, any sort of uh, dramatic effect. I really noticed it whenever he was away on his retreat after his. Uh, no nah, man, they just normalized all the sounds. Well, that's not what you do. It was uh, <laughs> it was whenever he went to that retreat where he met uh, no shit, what's her face. <laughs> well, the girl that he married. Yes, the girl that he eventually marries and dies of uh, tuberculosis. What's her face? Yes, what's her face? T-girl. Nauco. T-girl? Yes, Nauco. That's her the name. T stands for tuberculosis. <laughs> oh, my God. So after his oh, okay. initial uh, 1MF-10 fighter failed, that was the predecessor of the predecessor to the Zero, um, he went away on this little retreat to, you know, kind of clear his mind and everything. And um, it's just for that whole journey into that retreat, it's like I really noticed it there where, as I said, things that should have been really quiet were really pronounced. And it's it, it almost felt kind of borderline incomplete. And I know it's kind of really it's it's almost stupid for me to hang so hard on this. But as an audio guy, I shouldn't notice the sound okay the sound should feel right to me (coughs) and for whatever reason in this part of this movie it did not feel right and that could have been the version that i was watching it could have who knows it might have been because i didn't did you guys notice anything like i watched the dub so maybe that was a little different but i i didn't have any big complaints but but, sound, the, but but the one but the one complaint that I will stand by is I did not get to hear the orgasmic sound of a radial engine firing up because yeah. radial aircraft engines oh, oh. oh instead I just heard a of somebody doing oh yeah it yeah the the, uh, the Porco Rosso <laughs> I mean well, Porco I think, Rosso I think... had real engine sounds yeah I, I think maybe they're kind of going for a different vibe for the sound maybe maybe because like he was the engineer he wasn't the pilot so the engine sound didn't matter to him i don't well, i don't did, even it, i don't it, even it was think like that's a i don't even think that that's my excuse it's my head cannon i don't you know? even They're think like that's, all right that's it's more good. dreamlike i i don't think that's a good excuse i agree it's if and I, ideally they would have had perfect engine sounds but I don't think it's like the end of the world. You know, it's, it's it's not the end of the world. It's not because that's like a nitpick. It's not like it, oh, it, the movie's half I as did, good now. I <laughs> did say it, it was a nitpick. I did agree to that. Yeah. But I I did I did like the whole uh, the whole story 
um, going through basically his life and uh, his um, his shortfalls and his mistakes coming up to, of course, because nothing ever comes out perfect the first time, but the eventual realization of the Japanese Zero and everything and, you know, him dreaming about uh, that famous aircraft uh, designer in Italy... Uh, What's his name? Let me find this. Oh, boy. Uh, Caproni. Caproni. Yes, Giovanni Caproni. Yes, Caproni. Chabroni. It's, it, was, it, was, it was really nicely pre- presented on that front. <coughs> um, it's just was Mercedes, Mercedes was an aircraft manufacturer first, right? That's the one I'm thinking Mercedes? of? Uh, I know BMW does a lot of aircraft engines because they're an engine company. Yeah, I think, I think Mercedes did start out as... Uh, an aircraft engine company. Yeah, Lamborghini started as farming equipment. <laughs> That's crazy. I did not know that actually. It's still farming equipment. You you farm females now. And then but he thought that Enzo <laughs> Ferrari was doing a shit job at making a good car and Ferrari was you like, "Well, you fucking do it then." Bigger. So he did. Also, there was um something else that kind of bugged me. It's it's nothing against the anime in itself. It's just I really like the, the whole uh, technology and uh, the technological aspect around World War II. Whenever they went to the uh, Junkers plant in uh, Dessau, Germany, um, I was really hoping that I would see uh, something other than a motherfucking G-38. I was really, 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 really hoping to at least see a Ju-52 or a Ju-88. But, of course, no. Yes, these mean things to me. Uh, the Ju-52, um, if you tune back to the Izetta episode, I very clearly said, holy shit, that's a Ju-52. It's, uh, it's, if you look at it and you don't know a lot about Hey, planes, editor, like, cut in a quote from that episode right there. Oh my god, you're asking too much. <laughs> Make sure you put on, like, staticky effects so it's like it's from the past. You're asking, you're asking <laughs> too it. much of oh, me Oh wow, there. now I remember when you did that. You're asking too much of me there. <laughs> but, uh... No, the Ju-52, the people that don't know a lot about aircraft and at least have been to maybe one aircraft museum, it's like the German equivalent of an old Ford tri-motor. It's a triple-engine plane, and it was mainly used uh, for cargo and troop transport. Um, by the time uh, World War II broke out, it was kind of obsolete. It was really slow and not really maneuverable. Um, they did kind of muck around with using it as a mid-range bomber, but the bomber role was really filled by the Ju-88. So, but I was I was expecting more uh, more history porn from Junkers, and I just got this shitty G-38, and I was like, oh, oh, come on, come on, come on. Ah. But you know, as I said, most of most of the things that I'm going to nitpick from this movie are going to be really minor, and they're just things that. Um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit differently, but of course I understand if it's not gonna quite live up to my expectations. But um, yeah, this is this is the the clear uh, this is the clear winner out of the three movies that were pretty much in the lineup yep. this time. This go around. So going around the horn, Sam. What are, what are your thoughts? I think as a biographical film, I thought it at first paced kind of okay and then later like the second half it was kind of like there was so much going on they were skipping they were, they were going pretty quick actually well, well yeah point. but i mean that's how biographical films are normally done i'm just saying like i guess i wasn't I think used to the it. the directing 
if they had directed it better, like I like to compare this one to to Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju because like the directing in that film or not film that TV show anime was like basically it was it was like a masterpiece and it was it let you know like the passing of time and all that really well and this one didn't do it as perfectly as it could have you know because they're like all this time is passing in his life like you know years and years but you're not seeing um you're not you're not seeing like changing seasons all the time to represent it or like his his physical appearance doesn't really change much and you're not seeing culture change around them yeah yeah, not as much You, you do see like the airplane like the technology change for all that but like I like to a, a, a simple example is like the the Harry Potter movie where like the tree changes colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a really cheap way to show the season. There was, I guess I'm not saying they should have done that, it. but like the, yeah, and I guess that's what I was trying to say. If they had directed it differently, they could have shown it better. There was little steps that could have been taken to kind of ease through each part because it started. I feel in like 19- they wanted this to be longer because it was two right. hours, and what I've, it seems to me that Miyazaki wanted it to be longer. But they you know, they had to cut it down, so I'm guessing that's what happened. And like you know, he, if he knew, you know exactly how long it had to be or whatever, and he could perfectly do it, then I'm sure he would it would have been like more yeah. tight. But yeah, because it's I'm guessing I'm guessing it was out of his hands a little bit. But right, anyway. and it, it actually sh- it shows a lot of it in the documentary. But it started in 1918 and then ends in 1945. So it's like and yeah, and you have two hours this, for all that. So. Right, and watching this documentary too, um, that we'll talk about in the next Ghibli episode, he even does go on to say stuff about like um, how hard it was for him to like do some of like the planes and stuff like that, because he's like, you know, he's very like anti-war, anti-violence, you know. Um, he had very complex feelings, is what he said uh, about it. And I thought that was kind of interesting, so that that might yeah that 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 uh, might have something to do with, you know. Well, and Jiro basically feels the same way because he's just trying to make these, you know, these idealistic, benevolent aircraft. You know, he doesn't he doesn't want them to be weapons, but then you know he learns pretty quickly right. that that's guess and who's he, paying for it and he, and <laughs> it's yeah. the military and so. he did say that he related to Jiro in that way which was kind of cool I think yeah but um, and um, yeah like that's basically what's going on so like Japan is working with Germany to prepare for the next world war and they're like working on their technology and like what's what's happening is Japan is like behind in their technology they're, they're a poor country they're you know, Germany is like way more advanced than them, so they're they have low ideas. resources because they're not doing such a great job in Manchuria yet. They haven't started stealing all those comfort women from Korea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't have enough comfort women, <laughs> but, you know. But as with as with biographical, they haven't, they haven't stuck enough babies on spikes outside Nanking. <laughs> as with biographical Jesus films Christ, like this, though. <laughs> Um, as with biographical films like this, though, it was also met with, you know, other controversies as well. Like, I'm so like, you know, one thing being Miyazaki having trouble, you know, doing the planes and drawing them and stuff. Um, there were political parties who were who criticized the film because, because it might have been glorifying imperial Japan. A see, little bit. that's I don't like that. 
okay? It was meant to be a biographical look into this man's life, okay? Things should be portrayed yeah, active yeah. or accurately, not actively. Right. They should be portrayed accurately, and also nothing actively. should be censored or hidden. Right. So, so, mm-hmm. so that I think being said, I think that they can go shove Japan that up their ass. Doesn't try to do that though? Yeah, I mean don't, don't that guy to, like, had nothing to do with all that terrible stuff. Right. Directly. And and Miyazaki is I could yeah. be wrong. I don't and know. and does, does Japan teach that in school? Do they teach like <coughs> what they did during Excuse the war me. and all that? No. Mm, I don't know. Because doesn't doesn't Germany teach that? They're like, here's what happened they, in the war. right? They still don't even acknowledge that they because, did because it it's like shameful, you know. Well, yeah, in Germany, the culture it's is very much like that familial shame type in, of thing. In Germany, like I believe it's against past. the law to deny anything that Hitler did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah anyway, the whole other side of crazy. So, well, to finish my point, um, uh, that being said, Miyazaki, you know, being pretty liberal as he is, he still defended what he did and said, you know, the zero plane represented one of the few things that Japan should be proud of because it was a very formidable uh, machine and very formidable people piloted them. So, you know, he still defended what he did and defended yeah. the oh, fact yeah. that the, the Japanese main... The Japanese Zero, when it was introduced, was, an, was like miles ahead of anything else that the Allies had, and yeah. it was an excellent fighter plane. And up right. until 1943, I believe it was, whenever the Allies finally caught up and the Zero was finally starting to get... Uh, it wasn't really outpaced, but the Allies were fighting it on even ground. And then right. as, as the years progressed and they made more modifications to their current fighter aircraft, right. it, uh, the gap got wider in the Allies' favor. And that's why the uh, Zero, the war could have been the zero aircraft um, turned into a... Uh, kamikaze aircraft right so i mean even though he himself had trouble drawing the planes and doing it he still defended what he did and he defended jiro because um uh, they were mad that the mains main the film's main protagonist was uh, a warplane engineer and it's like it's like what um what nick said was like no he just wanted to build you know what i mean like i'm sure he jiro himself of course didn't want them to be used for war, but that's what he did and that's what he was good at. You know what I mean? It's almost like Hattori Hanzo and Kill Bill. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to make swords anymore, but he makes, and one, also he what makes one more. And well, also, even perception of the war may not have been necessarily a full understanding well, hell, of even, what even at the, beginning the Imperial of the movie, Forces were doing. Even at the beginning of the movie, he's talking to Caproni in his dreams, and, his Capro- and Caproni's like... You know, I want to build these nice, beautiful planes, but even though, you know, I'm going to have to end up designing instruments of war. You know, it it pretty much hints at that straight at the beginning. Um, I don't really yeah, agree. Yeah. I don't it, really it agree, though, with the statement that uh, aircraft are ultimately always going to end up in a war purpose. I don't really agree with that. But, I mean... Well, that's... Yeah, that's how... That's how uh, advancements are made in society when like war happens because all the technology it's all it's this arms race everyone's competing it's like hey. the space race it's like oh look at all the new stuff we got from that and look at all the yeah, new stuff yeah we got take, from yeah take take some notes edwin star war military is good interve- for something <laughs> military innovation is why we're able to buy prepackaged soft cookies yeah, I mean, and it only took a few million deaths. It's fine. <laughs> God. It only, all cookies before whoa. that were hard it only, if you bought it them only prepackaged. sea rats. We only had to get through sea rats. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, 
So yeah, this movie is not about the pilots. Porco Rosso is the pilot. This one's about the engineer. Pork Chop Rosso. Right, right. And um, I thought the directing in this was... I, I As much as I complained about the directing, I actually really liked it. I liked the scenes where he was um, on, their, on their retreat and... Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I agree. Whenever like in the ja- I just love like the sliding doors. It's it's like such a cheat code. If you have a sliding Japanese door, it's like it always feels like a good scene. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, like the, was it Shogi? Yes. Yeah, like the tatami mats and the and the paper the doors shogi. or whatever. It's, yeah, it, look, man. I don't it's know if it's like, Shogi. I could okay, this is a really ass. good movie, and I can't you know go normal critical on it. I have to be hypercritical about shit. So that's what I did. I was hypercritical. Because now can we get an anime about Hitler's Collar of the People? What? Nah. The Volkswagen Bug. No, oh, isn't there the springtime Hitler's Collar Hitler of the People? Yeah, it's called a Herbie Fully Loaded. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that being said. Cars 3, Tokyo Drift. Um, movie game. I, I, uh, oh, I, I place forgot this that one. movie even existed. <laughs> I place this one definitely above the other two. Um, oh, thank you, Matt. You posted these. <laughs> I like plane thingies. I liked I, well a couple of things. I like the characters in this one a lot more than the, the other movies. Characters were like Arietti's were a little flat, and then what's the one after the Poppy well, Hill? I mean, I mean with them Poppy being, Hill was, I mean with was, with Arietti being so there. tiny, of course there. they're going to be a little flat. But that's the way. <laughs> yeah, Coco especially likes when you them. step on them. <laughs> Poppy Hill was a bit like predictable characters. Yeah, Poppy Hill is pretty basic, but at least it was more passable. And then this one is like most of the characters are pretty rounded. Like the his boss, like the really short guy with the with the the crazy haircut. I really like that guy. Because they're real people. Yeah, they're they're dude. That haircut, man. That haircut. <laughs> that guy was dope. I fucking loved him. Like my favorite. Also, quote did we from mention him? that Poppy Hill was not directed by Hayao? No, no, neither of the other two no, were. No, um, that's why this was, one's better. Was his son Goro Miyazaki, <laughs> oh. and um, yeah. Ariadne was, uh, uh, was Hiromasa Yanabayashi. Yeah, oh. but like I loved uh, the, who also the, did the, Marnie. The boss was just like such a hard ass, and I fucking love. But then he's also like a softy. Like when he helped marry them, I I thought that was great. I, like, I still couldn't get over that damn haircut, man. <laughs> that haircut. Yeah. yeah. Holy He's shit. walking around. And it's just like and bouncing it's just like and bouncing down. and poofing <laughs> in the air. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is this shit? Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, good characters, good story, good themes, ma themes, and um, you know, good movie. I liked Wind Rises. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Like, what do you guys score it? I put I mm. put a seven out of ten, eight out of ten, maybe. I don't know. I would between. probably, I would probably maybe like a seven five. I would probably give it a straight eight, an eight. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning toward eight, a strong seven to a light eight. Kind of after hearing about what, like, like Nick talking about the directing, I'd probably give it an eight actually. I'd give it a straight eight. Straight eight. Yeah, like, eight, 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 and if and if you compare it to the other like really great Ghibli movies, like mm-hmm. I, I gave like Princess Mononoke and Grave of the Fireflies and. Spirited away. I gave those like nines, you know, or high nines or whatever. And this one's like a bit, like a tier below those, I would say. Does that does that sound right? A little bit below right. Totoro as well. Um, yeah, and then actually, the other thing is like only yesterday. Would you say, which one, Mac? Which one do you think you like more? Only yesterday or the wind rises? Mm. Probably the wind rises. Okay, what about uh, what about? That's uh, tough. Yeah, 
I liked. I think only yesterday had higher highs, but also lower lows. <laughs> okay, what about sense. what about Cam Shitikaka? Only yesterday is hard to compare to anything. Yeah, well, it, I'm just saying like Dead the best parts though. of it were pro- some of the best parts of Ghibli, but then the worst yep. parts were it was kind of slow. But anyway, different movie. Um, so yeah, we have Wind Rises. We all gave it roughly an eight. Good ass movie. Pretty good. Pretty good. We got uh, the next, the final two Ghibli movies after this are uh, Tale of Princess Kaguya and When Marnie Was There. And then we're also going to discuss the documentary The Kingdom of um, Dreams and Madness. Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. And after that, yeah, at, so at some point we'll, we'll do the Lupin and Nausicaa movies, but those aren't technically Studio Ghibli. We'll probably do those like afterwards yeah. as like after, the, after so people, then, you know. So then as we wrap up uh, this Ghibli series, maybe fans and stuff, you can tweet at us at Anime Summit or comment on YouTube or join our Discord and yell at us, discord.animesummit.net, yes. to tell us what kind of a series we should do next, like Satoshi Kon? No. Momoro Hosoda? Yes. I would I would be more Wait, how do you not like Satoshi Kon? I would be more into Mamoru. Because we already did we already did Mamoru Shinkai. We already did I think we already did, did like Paprika and Tokyo Blue, Godfathers. We yeah, we've never talked about Paprika and or Tokyo Blue, Godfathers. I think. Let's not... do Tokyo Godfathers for Christmas. Why don't we just do that? Shut up. Cuz that would make sense. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> or we could do Ping Pong the animation for Christmas. A fucking awesome. All right, Mac, take Christmas. Out I mean, I mean actually, if we're doing films, though, okay, too. Look, if we're doing anything for Christmas, we're doing freaking Torador. Shut the hell up. We've been Anime Summit podcast. <laughs> Torador, just because it has a Quoka, one Quoka Christmas been, episode. Koka has man. been a picky little asshole, and we are watching Torador right, for though. Christmas because who doesn't love Taiga? Why don't we just do Nadesco if that's like the stipulation? They got one good Christmas episode. <laughs> because, um, you, and you, look, man, look, man. I know you love Nadesco, but this. You're going to have to acknowledge it as your favorite anime ever before we give it more credit. Some, be honest with us. Just <laughs> say it. Say it. <laughs> so we've been the Anime Summit Podcast. And on oh that bombshell, gosh. we've been the Anime Summit Podcast. What the fuck? L- look forward to a one-off all about Korea. Yes. Soon-ish. And subscribe to Anime Maybe. Summit Extra, please. Boca's Dating Tips. Bitch. Okay.